0: Hello and welcome back to the Comic Books Matter podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me today is an absolute spectacular guest. They write for GameSpot, edit on sites like uh, Into the Spine, Fanbite, Bite, Bloody Disgusting, Dice VG247, Unwinnable, and they founded and are the editor-in-chief of Uppercut. They're 60% feral, and they're ready to fight on, in the street at any notice. Ken Levine, David Cage, Elon Musk, and anyone who read Atlas Shrugged in high school and thought, yeah, that's my personality now it's ty
1: hi i just realized i
0: don't know how to pronounce your last name so i froze at the very end
1: oh that's totally fine um that was great i loved that thank you for that it's like i gotta get
0: the jokes in there but there's so much content that you create (laughs) that it's just hard
1: listen you have to have a strong brand to survive in these streets
0: you have an extremely strong brand. I think the strongest brand next to maybe Jess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I learned I learned from the best. The best being Jess. Um, uh, well,
0: Ty, thank you for being here on the show.
1: Yeah. Thank um, you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited because out of everybody at Uppercut, you're the only person who's never talked to me about comic books. Mm, so when I thought Is that true? Yeah, because even when I when I first talked to Monty before I even met all of you guys um even Monty was like we were talking about comics. like the first thing I did was sent Monty comics huh so yeah I, I feel like I everybody never
1: everybody... talked to you about comics because I used to I had like a very big comics period in my life um
0: we might have talked about it in passing in chat but I just feel like we never had like a good one-on-one conversation about something in particular
1: yeah that makes sense
0: so I was, I was like, well, I wonder, I wonder what Ty is gonna pull out. Is it gonna be something extremely obscure? And you just went, <laughs> no poison ivy. I'm like, oh wait, that makes a lot of sense.
1: I love her.
0: So I've loved we, her my whole yeah. life. Before we dive straight into the poison ivy talk, because I feel like we're gonna be doing a lot of dissecting the iterations. That I feel like throughout the years of her, uh, how did you first get into comics at all? And then kind of lead into how'd you discover Poison Ivy, which I feel like has to be pretty early on, but I'm not sure entirely.
1: Um, I got into comics because my my dad got me into them. Um, I didn't, like, read a ton when I was a kid, but he used to tell me about them because he grew up reading comics. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I would watch, you know, like, the um, superhero shows when we were kids, like the X-Men one. um, And, like... I don't even remember. Fucking, I think there was an Avengers show too. I don't remember. Um, but I, I only remember the X Men show because it fucking mm-hmm. like slapped. Um, oh, and Batman the Animated Series also slapped. Was Batman it, Beyond also slapped.
0: Was so, the Avengers show that really short one that had like all the B tier Avengers?
1: I think so. Like it was on
0: like Fox Kids, and it had like Hawkeye in a weird costume and Vision.
1: Yeah, and, I think yeah. so. Oh, and Justice League was on. Mm-hmm. Was, we had a lot of superhero media as children anyway, um, so that's mostly what I consumed, but I really liked it and then when I went to college, um I was able to uh purchase comic books by myself, so I went ape shit with that for a little while. Um,
0: what were some I, of like, the books you like jumped into at first when you were in college?
1: Um, I started with the new fifty two Batwoman
0: mm-hmm.
1: um which was really good until it wasn't. Um, and then I also read New 52 Birds of Prey, which Poison Ivy is in and I didn't love. Um, I think I, oh, I also read New 52 Suicide Squad, was very into that shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: Court of Owls. Uh. Oh, my friend, <laughs> my friend got me hush, um, Ooh. from, <laughs> like, an ex-boyfriend, um, and that was very funny, um. Hush is not good, but I
0: like it. I mean, as we've all come (laughs) to know, Jeff Loeb is kind of trash, but, like, Jeff Loeb has been carried by every artist he's ever worked with. Yeah. That's the only reason his books are classics, because the artists that he works with are classics.
1: Yeah, like, I think, like, I like Hush in the same way I like Bioshock. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not good. Like, it's not, like, a quality piece of media, but I enjoy the bullshit that it's on. Yeah,
0: yeah. For sure. And, like, that iteration of Poison Ivy is definitely in that, uh... Man, they just don't like letting her wear clothes. Um...
1: No. She's pretty much naked in that one.
0: Yeah. Like, we we were watching Glenn play through the Arkham games, and it's the same thing in that. And I feel like that's, like, 90% of the content I see her in. She's that. Which is kind of terrible.
1: Yeah. She's a weird one. Um... It... I have a thing for um, villainous women who are very busty. Mm -hmm. One, because I'm gay. But two, because like women in most media, especially during the time that we were growing up, the only ones who were given any agency were the villains. Mm -hmm. Um, And that usually came with a big ol' heaping side helping of sexualization and male gaze and shit and that just like resonated with me specifically one because like obviously like I wanted to have female characters who had agency Mm -hmm. and they were the ones who did and also too like growing up as someone who ended up being a pretty busty person like those were the people who I could see myself in so even though like And Maddie Myers wrote a really good piece about this in regards to um, Ivy Valentine from Soul Calibur. But, like, Mm -hmm. her experience is a little bit different from mine. But, like, yeah, like, those characters are the only women in video games who I was ever able to, like, mount my body to in any way. And so, like, I have a very special place in my heart for them, especially because Poison Ivy then takes it and has, like, this, like, really, it's kind of silly and, like, over-the-top, like, misinterest bent. A lot of the time but also the core of her character is truly like woman who has been wronged by a bunch of men and then Mm -hmm. becomes an eco-terrorist to stop like billionaires from ruining the world
0: yeah Uh, and like I feel like Poison Ivy next to maybe like again Harley because they're like so close together too but next to like one or two other female villains I can think of she's the one of the few that it's like she's not a villain you just don't like what she's doing (laughs)
1: Yeah, like she's a villain in the sense that like she's stealing shit from the Arkham Museum to sell or whatever to fund her like shit. But
0: or she kills bad people, but since killing people is illegal, that's legal.
1: Yeah, like she's not. She's not like a nice person necessarily, mm-hmm. but she's not like objectively wrong in most of the instances yeah. mm-hmm. of things that she's doing. Yeah, and
0: it, and it wasn't until you said it really, I just thought about this growing up, it was always the the villainesses that harnessed the sexual nature of their character design that were displayed to me as a kid. And all the love interests, all the heroes or just the protagonists were very uh, mundane, skinny, petite women. And maybe that's why I also like bad guys because I just don't like that type of... <laughs> of uh, women uh just because like it just it, my brain's just not there but that's how every villainess was portrayed growing up.
1: Yeah, there's there's like a whole thing to like alongside queer coding like there's a whole thing of like whose bodies get determined to be what and to like what value or like harm they have mm-hmm. for society um and we see that a lot particularly with the media that we grew up with i feel like because we had that weird mixture of the 90s into the early aughts
0: and like the leftovers Uh, of the 80s where they're just trying to sell you things constantly
1: yeah it was just our childhoods were a fucking mess dude but yeah so and all that and i do like i i've always really enjoyed batman for the villains i have always just found Mm -hmm. them to be the most interesting um especially the different ways that they've been like redone over the years um but ivy is like truly one of the only ones who's just like like she's not like like poison ivy is a bad guy in the same way that like republican white people are saying like black lives matters protesters are bad people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like and that's obviously not a one to one but like it's very much like she's doing it nine times out of ten for like ecological reasons and she's usually going after like ceos of companies that are polluting and doing damage and shit so like meh i'm not really mad at her ever
0: and they're the ones usually spewing the message that she's the bad guy
1: yeah also like shocker that bruce wayne's like "Mm, better punch this lady my fucking millionaire ass
0: yeah um i'm trying to remember what if it was a comic or if it was in the anime the series it's it's one of them where bruce is like you know ivy i know you're trying to do good i'm gonna fund you just please stop murdering people <laughs> i feel like he does that with mr freeze a lot too he's like i'll, Honestly, I'll give you the money if he just just did stop. That
1: more though than so many problems would be yeah. solved in gotham that was literally what my whole batman week piece was about um was he, can, just like, he can fund the
0: theater scene for Clayface.
1: Like, dude, literally just also like oh, it's so frustrating that this is a complete tangent. But oh, that's fine. in the telltale game, it's so frustrating that they make the end choice, like, ooh, do you give more money to the cops or do you give better funding to Arkham? And then like that choice just like basically doesn't come up again. And like, what a loaded thing to then just completely ignore. Yeah, and in my,
0: in, my, in my brain, and I guess maybe it's because I've just been, I, I talked to so many people that lean more this way, but what kind of choice is that? <laughs> it's like, do you do the bad thing or do you do the morally right thing, which is help people with their mental health? <laughs>
1: But see, I feel like that's like a realistic choice. It's like it would be given to a billionaire. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you want to like invest your money in the community? Well, you can give it to the cops who will use the money to buy more gear from you, or you can like invest in these like mentally ill people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I feel like they've tried their hand a few times at making Bruce Wayne the guy that's like, I'm going to spend all of my money to this city to make it work. But as soon as they dip their toes into that kind of idea, they get gunshine. they're like, oh, let's just make sure it blows up in his face so he never does this again.
1: Yeah, that's fucking...
0: like. They are just—they just recently started doing that again in the newest Batman run, and then all of a sudden, Joker shows up and steals his fortune. Now he's out of money. It's like, let the man fix the city and then figure out what to do with crime.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey, Gotham. Hey, fucking DC Comics. It's a 2020. Tell Bruce Wayne to distribute his wealth.
0: Yeah. Um. So when you when you found Poison Ivy. Did you find it first through the animated series? I, I'm assuming that's kind of where you first met her. Yeah, those,
1: right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that it was the um, animated series. Um, and then... And then I think the next thing that I remember really, really being into with her was there was um, the the first Birds of Prey TV show mm-hmm. way back in the day. Um, my dad and I used to rent it on Netflix when you used to get the DVDs in the mail um and on the dvd like special features of those they had a bunch of like harley and ivy um shorts oh
0: okay like animated ones or um...
1: mm-hmm. like oh, okay animated ones and sometimes sometimes they were like full gotham city sirens um, that, I, and it was all three of them and they were really cute and mm-hmm. like i really really love the art style and so like that's how i got introduced to the gotham city sirens in general and also the birds of prey um and I think I saw
0: that online because I think it was like an online Flash thing back in the day, like Warner Brothers did a bunch of those.
1: Mm-hmm. And I remember
0: watching them all the time and I'm like, I feel like if my parents walked in the room right now, I would get in trouble for watching this.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they were like, they were no, they were cartoons, but like yeah. they were not like kids cartoons. Yeah. Um, but I remember really, really liking those and really enjoying the characters. Um, and then I think from there it was just like Um, I love to get down Wikipedia holes, so for Mm -hmm. a long time, since I, like, didn't really have super easy access to comics, I would just, like, spend hours reading, like, Wikipedia articles, so I've read Poison Ivy's Wikipedia article, like, many times, Mm -hmm. um, so I can probably tell you, like, every origin story she's ever had, uh, I can tell you about the time that, uh, Fucking Batman murdered the guy who turned her into poison ivy because he turned into a plant mutant man and was selling like hyper powered weed.
0: Ah, and as we as since Batman is the hyper power cop, he his greatest enemy is hyper powered weed.
1: Yeah, no, he slices this dude's head off. It it's so- But fast. it doesn't count because he's physically a plant. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of loopholes in
1: Batman, though. Shout out to the Floronic Man! What a wild character!
0: I feel like with every origin with Poison Ivy, at least the ones I know of for sure, like the animated ones, the live action ones, and the comic ones, they always kind of like the, the the abuse that she suffers from the people around her, and, and mostly men. They just sidestep it real fast. They never spend any time to really dwell on any of it.
1: They kind of treat Poison Ivy like, um, like a softer version of like a character from a revenge flick. Mm-hmm. Um, just in that, like most of her stories entail her being turned into what she is by a man who she's like working with or in a relationship with. Um and that's the other thing too is she's a fucking scientist. She's like mm-hmm. a doctor. Um she's like a PhD in botany and shit. Like she's smart as fuck. Um and these dudes like end up fucking her over in a lot of her origin stories. Um and then from that instead of kind of detailing like it, she really does have, like, a, a soft core horror um, revenge flick arc um, with those a lot of the time where it is just kind of focusing on her, like, hunting them down.
0: And, and I feel like the pulpy nature of her character, like, is the, shines brightest at Batman and Robin. Because, mm. I mean, that movie as a whole is just a lot of pulp. Um,
1: like i love that movie but i hate mm -hmm. that that's the only like Mm on-screen like movie representation of poison ivy
0: and it's very much like i'm this it's princess diaries bad guy edition like like i am this nerd who no one really cares about oh my my friend or my partner is being evil and selling drugs to the highest bidder which that scene does not age well it and for a lot of reasons. Um, and then she gets murdered, and then she comes back and then murders him, and then it's the whole idea is like, I'm going to make the whole world plans.
1: <laughs> it's not great.
0: But, but I, I feel like it, like, boils down how most writers kind of approach maybe not modern day Poison Ivy, but, like, classic Poison Ivy. That movie boils down to the pure essence of it, which is she's she's just somebody in a pulp novel that you read in the 50s but she has plant powers
1: yeah well and i mean i think that's true to a degree too because like she was directly based on betty davis mm-hmm. um like her care her original character design and everything was like directly based on betty davis um so she kind of was intended to be that i think um which is interesting, and I don't remember when she was created. Um, I don't remember what her first appearance is. Um, I want to say she was relatively early, but also there's so many fucking iterations of Batman, I genuinely couldn't say.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like the modern iterations, except for, I guess, kind of what happened in Heroes and Crisis, but like the more modern stuff, has given her a chance to breathe and expand uh the only other thing i I think about when it comes to like her limitations as a character or at least how people treat her limitations as a character is whenever she's paired up with harley in a lot of ways it feels Mm. like she's just there to be um what's the word i'm trying to feel like like the right phrase for it kind of like a lightning rod in the same way for like, like the Joker is for Harley, but a, mm. a po- more positive one. So like, she bounces off of Ivy, and Ivy's there to listen to her and it's like psychoanalyze her. Yeah. But it doesn't really give any time for her, their relationship to die any further. No,
1: than I a lot of I, that. I agree a hundred percent. The amount of fanfiction I have read about just this, <laughs> there is so many fanfic writers out there who are like, what if. You just actually let them develop.
0: Yeah. I haven't watched uh, the Harley Quinn show, so I don't know how that goes.
1: I've heard good things, but I also yeah. haven't watched it yet. All the clips um, I see
0: is the same kind of dynamic, so I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, But I I still... I think I like the idea of mm-hmm. Harley and Ivy more than I do like any actual representation of it I've seen. Other yeah. than I do really love the Harley and Ivy... Um, graphic novel
0: the more recent one
1: um
0: we're like it's, it's like it's like ivy comes back kind of as a clone of herself
1: no it's like i think it's the it's the first one the okay. one where they like go to the uh amazon okay um it's just really cute it's like a weird slice of life thing because yeah like um i don't remember why but um they like just pick up and move to the Amazon because mm-hmm. Ivy's basically, like, fuck Gotham and just, like, goes to the Amazon to, like, help with, like, reforestation and shit there. Um, and there's more to it than that because it is, like, a whole, like, trade-length thing, but that's, like, the inciting incident and there's, like, a whole section where, like, Harley's just super miserable and, like, hates it there and is, like, covered in bugs and shit and they're just, like, really cute together and I'm, like, see, this is this is good why are there not more like because like that's the thing right i was thinking about this too even um we recorded our pax panel um with uh the kind of nyc guys about the pokemon spinoffs um and i promise this is related we were talking about how like with pokemon spinoffs like what we like about them and like what we want to see from them and what helps them keep the magic of Pokemon and I was kind of saying like you know I don't actually think I've seen like the spinoff that I would want because like I do kind of want to see the more slice of life stuff
0: yeah
1: and like the Harley and Ivy graphic novel is that and I wish that more of like the superhero universe stuff had that yeah just because like it's nice like they're it just shows that they're people and like sometimes yeah like why would you stay (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I mean, that's kind of a lot of the arguments, too, for the Marvel side of things, is there's a lot more person... Like, not personality, but... uh, It's personality, but not the sense of, like, what people, like, who they are, but more, like, I feel like they're people versus DC where they always... A lot of writers describe DC as They're just gods, and you have to deal with them being gods all the time. Jesse,
1: you can't look me in the eye and say, Captain Boomerang doesn't have a personality.
0: oh i'm not saying i'm not saying he doesn't have a personality i'm just saying like it- it's one of those things where like you can connect easier as a person to the marvel characters than a lot of the dc characters and when they eventually get vulnerable in that way by any writer who picks them up they have one or two reactions they either get oh man this is great or two come on guys why are you ruining your favorite characters <laughs> which is like please stop that your characters yeah. aren't ruined they're always there there's other versions um and I know with the newest Harley and Ivy comic, I haven't read it because I can't. I can't buy everything. I try to. Um, I know it's basically point, Ivy has passes away. She gets murdered technically by another person, and but she had like a clone, like a plant clone, ready to go if something like that happened. And so it's like Ivy tr- i it's, it's like Harley trying to find her Ivy within this Ivy. And I don't know if that's the entire series, that
1: but that sounds wild.
0: Yeah, that I feel like that's how it was pitched to me, and I just didn't have the money at the time to read it because I was reading the series where she dies in. Um, and like Ivy's had a uh, huge, um, what's the word, traumatic arc recently because first she possesses possesses the entire planet. And that traumatizes yeah, her. Yeah, because
1: I was i was going to say, she becomes God low-key at one point. Yeah,
0: she she's basically God in the middle of the Batman series, which leads her to go to basically um, rehab for uh, superheroes and villains who've been through trauma. Then she dies at that rehab center, and then that the clone happens. And so it's like, she's had a lot recently.
1: Yeah, I got up to the part where, like, in – i got to the part where birds of prey crosses over with swamp thing Mm -hmm. and then ivy and swamp thing become like super mega connected to the green or whatever
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and then that was where i kind of fell off again um so, yeah, my last, my most recent brush with Poison Ivy is uh, she became God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where she's one of the most powerful characters in that universe, but at the same time, I feel like her personality keeps her from pulling that trigger because she's, I don't think she wants to be in a lot of ways. I think she just wants to fix
1: things. Yeah. Yeah I mean that's the thing about her right like I feel like her character consistently across pretty much every representation like the one unifying thing about her character is that like she only wants to do like what she sets out to do like she's Mm -hmm. not looking to be like a megalomaniac or whatever like she's truly just like she has like whatever goal whether it's like you know, something that makes actually makes sense for her or not. Like, she has a goal and, like, she'll do what it takes to accomplish that, but, like, she's not looking to, like, go beyond that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, she, n- she she doesn't lose her, her humanity. I don't think very often, like, most villains like her do, do also. Like, a lot of villains that get, like, some kind of nature power, I feel like lose their humanity in some way, even if it's, like, controlling the weather, or can shoot ice, Just or control fire. All of them just lose that part of them that realizes other people are human. Where I feel like Ivy still has that, but she understands that humans are terrible too, and she won't tolerate that.
1: Yeah, I like Ivy's relationship with humanity largely because, like, instead of her being like cold and like, because there is part of her that's cold and uncaring in Mm -hmm. a lot of depictions, but it comes from that place of anger at humanity and so like it like her rejecting her humanity is her rejecting like that badness that she has seen yeah um and like i like that so much more than just being like ah nature is sublime and does not care about you because like yeah i could just figure that out from like looking at a mountain you know yeah um i don't need comic books to tell me that
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and her anger and her disconnect i think is more relatable than a lot of the bigger villains in those universes
1: yeah, like, I think that, like, part of what makes the Batman villains specifically so iconic in a lot of ways is because, despite being so cartoonish, a lot of them and their stories are still very much connected to what makes them human. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in the case of the Joker, like, it's kind of, like, trying to figure out, like, where the fuck the human in him even is. Yeah. Um, But, like, because most of the Gotham villains have, like, really sad stories that they're still very much like impacted by in their you know motives and shit um and some of them are justified mm-hmm. um and like they just those things are worn on their sleeves a lot of times um in a way that I think like only Batman really does so well just because it's always vaguely noir um so you kind of always get the taste of the trauma yeah um but yeah, they just, like, everybody, because even, even, like, the um, Batman Beyond villains, mm-hmm. like, pretty much everybody in there, like, got fucked over at one point or another.
0: Yeah, and, and the the thing about Batman Beyond, and I agree with, like, most of the Batman villains, too, it's, like, there are, <laughs> they're literally the people we ignore when we have wealth. And that, I, I, I feel, there's probably someone who's written the essay on this. But, like, that's literally, like, the dichotomy between Bruce and all, most of his rogues galleries. Like, they're literally the people that the rich ignore completely. And now they're pushing their their face into his and their butting heads.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, literally, like, Victor frees, like, his whole situation is literally because, like, our healthcare system is a nightmare.
0: mm mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think about, like, again, Poison Ivy is, like, because we don't care about uh, nature because we want to use oil and we want to use, uh, uh, green like greenhouse gases and stuff like that. We ju- we just want to use it because it's easier and it makes us more money. Yeah. Or
1: and like fucking Clayface was just yeah. like a victim of like wanting to keep up with this like movie industry.
0: Or I think about um I can't remember his name in oh fucking
1: uh, Unharvey Dent
0: oh yeah yeah he's he's a victim of uh, a failed justice system in a way. And um and I think about the the character from Batman Beyond the the kid that can control robots it's like he's just bullied by everyone. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's just like you could, other than like the the like Joker really, but even Joker you can make a case that it's mental health like mental health isn't taken care of. But Joker's much more than that. I feel like um you can make the case for a lot of the other Batman villains that it's just the the things in. Our role that we tend to ignore because we can,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Which
0: is it's it's a little depressing when you when you start breaking it down like that. But I think that's that's important to examine what goes into the writing that we that we consume or the media that we consume in general. Like what 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 thoughts have gone into the the creation of this?
1: Yeah, and that's why I. My so, my favorite poison ivy is the one from no man's land mm-hmm. um which is a whole arc where there's like a huge earthquake that like completely destroys Gotham um and it basically gets like loki kind of apocalyptic mm-hmm. um and like the villains kind of like divvy up the city into like territories and then um. It's them just kind of dealing with that. Um, and Poison Ivy takes over Robinson Park. And instead of, like, fucking around with any of the villain bullshit, she just, like, holds the park down and shelters these kids who came from, like, an orphanage. mm mm-hmm. um, And just, like, takes care of them through it until... I'm pretty sure it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure Batman just, like, shows up and is like, hey, I'm gonna take these kids down. And she's like all right
0: uh yeah because you, you told me you want to talk about specifically the no man's land and i found a video right right before we started that was like 11 minutes that recapped that actually that, that small segment and i'm like oh that's perfect i'll, I'll just watch this real fast <laughs> and it, it's weird because again it drives back into like ivy being used by men no matter what because there's a whole subplot of clayface coming in and basically taking roost and abusing her her um what's the word her her hope that someone will work with her mm. to the point where basically Batman shows up and she's like captured by Clayface and he's basically forcing her to make fruit so he could make money in Gotham yeah and it's like come on and then like but then she manipulates Batman to getting her out cuz she says oh I have the thing you want and then turns out she broke the thing he wanted a long time ago, but she knew that this is the only way they get out. So it, it really shows that dual side of that we were talking about with Poison Ivy. Where like everybody, men just treat her poorly to the point that she retaliates, and then she's always the bad guy because of that.
1: Yeah, and I just like I like that because that like, that arc just feels like very true to her and like the parts of her character that are like bad and or sad like Mm -hmm. what you were just talking about with like clayface and just like the way that men treat her but also like she goes out of her way to like look out for these kids yeah and it like it just proves like she does care about things she's not someone who's just doing this for like you know the sick thrill or whatever. Like she has morals and principles, and when like these kids need somewhere safe to be in this like hellscape, she is the one who takes them in and protects them, and is like ready to take on anybody to keep them safe.
0: Yeah, and like currently in the the I guess Elseworlds comic of deceased, like the only haven in the planet is her garden, and she lets whoever wants in in as long as they play by the rules like she's not holding she doesn't matter if you're good or bad you're one of the few people alive you can come into the garden and just protect the garden
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and i think like those two showcase like she she's not having, she hasn't given up on humanity she's just given up on hoping humanity makes the right decision
1: yeah and i think too even her arc with swamp thing like because Swamp Thing and the Green definitely gets into the whole like uncaring subliminality of nature, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I do think there's something to like the Green looking at someone like Swamp Thing and then looking at someone like Poison Ivy and being like, yes, both of them are worthy of this power.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. Cause, like, especially during the New 52, Swamp Thing very becomes just an entity of the Green and mm-hmm. doesn't really have much um, I, I can't remember any of the big words I want to use but basically <laughs> doesn't have any control of how he feels about humanity so to add Poison Ivy in there who really does have both re- should be a good counterbalance to him
1: yeah and I think, like, and I think it just shows that like I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people think of her as being like erratic or mm-hmm. impulsive and she's not like usually she has a plan like just because it involves her wearing like the leaf leotard and having a giant man-eating plant like batman is just campy as shit but like mm-hmm. she always has like more of a plan than most of the other villains do and it's usually like some batman's the smartest bullshit that like actually saves the day yeah um so yeah i just like i just love her
0: and and i and i feel like anybody any writer who boils down poison ivy to just being the vixen who can control anybody with a kiss just misses the point completely like they mm-hmm. like they're not even like half on the mark they're just off the mark 100% yeah
1: i mean like i think that's what she used to be for sure i think that's yeah, probably what she used definitely in, her like- origins yeah, like, I think that's what she was probably created to be, but, like, she's definitely evolved beyond that.
0: If Mr. Freeze can have a heart of ice to erase his terrible origin in the Batman-Adam West series, Poison <laughs> Ivy should get the same. <laughs> yeah,
1: honestly. and
0: And, like, even the animated series, who, what, give Mr. Freeze, like, the, the best origin you can give a villain, introduced to Harley as... Uh, Harley, sorry, uh, Ivy as uh oh Harvey Dent's about to destroy this area that I care about. I'm gonna poison him.
1: <laughs> I loved it.
0: It's great, that but it,
1: lipstick shit. I was like, yes, bitch, get him.
0: It's it's really great, but I feel like it also just didn't give her and not to later seasons of that show. It didn't give her any any real real um grasp on like um more than just the base baseline yeah, of her character. I feel
1: like I feel like her intro and I don't know if this is a real thing or just, like, something I'm projecting, but it kind of felt like her introduction to the animated series, like, she was not meant to be a character who was going to come back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it felt like a one-off, definitely, at that beginning.
1: Yeah, and so, like, so then I feel like it feels even more incongruous when you see her later.
0: And they definitely um, give her more humanity later on in that show.
1: Yeah, she's, like, definitely, like, a lot. Because, like, the scene of her and Harley, like, on their Girls' Night episode of that show is, like, iconic, right? Like, everybody mm-hmm. knows that scene. Um, even if you've never seen the show, you've probably seen, like, gifts and shit mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, like, that episode is great. But, like, when you look at Ivy and that versus Ivy, how she's introduced, it's definitely, like, a pretty vast difference. And I feel like it it's more obvious when you look at ivy in the later seasons, they're like oh wow like this is different
0: and i feel like whoever wrote ivy for the batman which is like the anime series that came out much later like kind of got where they were going with later on in the in the original animated series where like it's barbara's friend who gets into trouble and the, but she her whole goal is still protect this environmental landmark. And she's not trying to just get revenge on people. She's just trying to do what's right in that show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They they also make her a college student. So maybe they were just thinking about college protests, but.
1: <laughs> mm. I haven't seen the Batman. I should watch that.
0: At least, I mean, I think it's fun. The Rastafarian Joker is a little off, but I think the rest of the show is fun. <laughs>
1: Mm, I remember that. I know I saw, like, bits and pieces of it. Um, but it was kind of when I had, like, I, I had just started getting a little bit too old for it when it was mm-hmm. on TV. And then I just, like, kind of missed it.
0: There's a lot of Joker feet in that show, and I don't I don't know what that did to, uh, <laughs> to childhoods. I really don't know what those kids have grown up to be.
1: <laughs> oh, I hate that.
0: Um m- moving on though from uh the Poison Ivy talk which we will get back to Poison Ivy though in one of the later questions but I have some Q&A questions for you.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: Glenn who uh, is amazing uh came to me with the best question I feel like for you.
1: Okay.
0: If you can hand one comic book IP over to a developer, which developer would it be? Which IP would it be? And when then what type of game would you force them to make? <laughs>
1: <laughs> would you force them to make? It's just like me holding a gun. It's like, um, you got to make this one. <laughs> you have to do what I say. Oh, this is a tricky question. Okay, so what was it again? It's what comic would I take? Who would I give it to? And what and then kind what of time game would it be? Game. Yeah. Um, okay, well, my cop-out answer is I would want um, Rocksteady to make a full-length uh, Catwoman game in the style of the Arkham City sections.
0: Which they should have done already.
1: So, okay, so my real answer is I would like to see um, Rocksteady do a um, God, why can't I remember the name of it now? The fucking Catwoman shit where she's in France.
0: Oh, um, the Brubaker stuff. What, what is that called? Um, in Rome?
1: Yeah, 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 when wrong.
0: So, so, see, that's the thing. I, you know what would be fascinating? I, I know they're in a lot of hot water, but, like, Ubisoft going back to their roots and doing, like, a spy game, and it would just be a heist game with Catwoman?
1: I actually think, you know what? No, actually, that, but with um, IO.
0: Mm-hmm. IO so would be really Hitman great. Hitman style. Yeah.
1: Make Catwoman Hitman.
0: Who, um, who's... <sighs> i can't remember anything now like as soon as i want to remember something it's gone the farming game you guys just talked about on an big tape.
1: stardew
0: stardew thank you <laughs> oh whoever whoever the one guy is that does stardew just make a harley ivy farming sim where they can grow up together
1: a oh, wonderful life <laughs> oh you should grow a little man eating plants yeah
0: sell them to other villains
1: that would be really fun that would be cute, DC. That's a free idea.
0: Just make a cute villain game. Everybody loves cute villains.
1: Get on it.
0: And um. then the next question I have would be: who, who? Who? no, They're casting new Batman stuff. We have Robert Pattinson. We have Zoe Kravitz. But people mm-hmm. are talking about like they need to have they need to do uh, Poison Ivy again, which I would be interesting to, to see Matt Reeves put in something super powered like that. Because I feel like all the Batman directors are like, no, superpowers. We don't want superpowers. Yeah, because they're
1: cowards. Yeah.
0: But who would be the perfect li- new live-action Poison Ivy for you?
1: Lupita Nyong'o. All
0: right. That, that's a, that is the definitive answer you heard here for folks. Like, that's going to be the casting now. Ty is part of the casting crew for that <laughs> movie. Um, this is a world premiere of who's going to be playing Poison Ivy. A lot of people are throwing around Lady Gaga. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I haven't seen anything she's been in, but I, I like Lady Gaga.
1: I like Lady Gaga, but I've only seen her in American Horror Story Hotel, and I'm pretty sure she's just playing herself. Yeah, I feel like um, that... So I don't, I I don't, like, I, I really wish that more of the DC stuff would find actors who, like, aren't already known. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like that helped a lot of the uh, Marvel people kind of stand out.
0: Yeah, and Uh, even, like, the Nolan Batmans, by the end, everybody was, like, huge, but everybody was, like, either play actors or very heavy British actors or just in stuff no one watched.
1: Yeah, and so, like, to me my my ideal answer is i don't know who i want to play i would want to see someone brand new Mm -hmm. but if we have to go with established actors then yeah i would really really like to see lupita nyong'o do it because like she just has such a range and i feel like she could really carry off the like smart but confident and sexy
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and last question for you ty you wear many hats in your life already um as you as people heard in the intro you do a lot so I'm gonna add one more thing to your plate okay w- would you ever yourself if you ever had a free time want to create your own comic book universe
1: oh absolutely yeah
0: and if you did what kind of universe would you be striving to make right
1: I would want to something I, I I've been thinking about for a while and something that I feel like is getting more and more relevant is i want to do a comic book universe that talks about like what vigilanteism actually is Mm, and like mm -hmm. the context of like like the fact that it's like fucked up that batman is a vigilante who works with cops like that Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense yeah and like yeah and just like digging into the parts of superhero stories that don't make sense and that like when you really look at them there's like a lot of tension there um and then, like working from there too, especially too, because like, like I love X Men, but the whole like comparing people born with superpowers to marginalized people thing is mm. bullshit. Just because, like, technically speaking, like, yeah, people kind of have a right to be afraid of someone who can shoot laser beams from their yeah. eyes. Yeah, I, I so, feel like um, a
0: lot of a lot of those things could pass back then, but now it's like, well, this is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, well, it's just, like, it's, like, it's just a false thing, right? Because, like, it kind of, the implication is kind of, like, oh, yes, like, queer people or people of color, like, are just as dangerous as someone who could kill you by looking at you. Yeah. And, like, that's a false equivalence. It just Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think definitely something that's not trying to, like, flirt with, oh, like, these heroes are oppressed because they have to be registered or whatever. Yeah. Um... Just like looking at like the ways that like yeah like that's complicated and like weird when you really look at it.
0: I think that would be. I've, I know people have tried it, but I feel like you and whoever you would pick to help you make those books would really understand the the gravity of how r- realistic the world really is. Because <laughs> I see so many people's hot takes uh, on the internet because that's just my life, I guess. And so many people I feel like miss the mark with like the small the small effort other people put to show like, oh yeah, we're on your side. And like, oh cool, they're on our side. And we're like, no no, they're just saying one thing right now for you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of that's that falls deaf onto comic books because a lot of the writers are older in are kind of in that generation where it's a lot of uh false positives a lot of ways
1: Mm
0: -hmm. well Ty thank you for being on the show this was um, this went in many different directions and it's one of my favorite things about the show is to see when we pick one character or one story and how we kind of go off into existential tangents
1: yeah this was really really fun thank you for having me
0: where can people find you Mm -hmm. in everything you do
1: uh, you can find me on Twitter at T-U-I underscore G-N-A Arts. And you can also find me over at Uppercut, which is uh, UppercutCrit.com and at UppercutCrit on Twitter.
0: And you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Comics Matter Pod. Facebook, because some people uh, still use Facebook, at Facebook.com slash Comics Matter. Uh, you can email me at Matter at gmail.com. Our Patreon is currently on pause until I figure out what I want to do with that. Um, If you have a question for a guest, have a story about how comics changed your life that you want read on the air, or want to be a guest, connect me with someone who wants to be a guest. You can reach me on all of those platforms. Uh, The logo for the show is done by my friend Steven. The song is "Join a Restaurant by David Zetzi, and I uh, found it on freemusicarchive.com. Please rate and review the show wherever you listen to it. That would be great. Uh, I always forget to ask for that, so I don't have any (laughs) and uh share it with a friend if you feel like it uh and remember everybody uh, be good to each other and black lives matter